The Carolina Panthers, maybe the best logo in the NFL. Uh, definitely not the best team to be drafting people for fantasy. I look, look. There's no way to sugarcoat this one. This is gonna be a this this is gonna be a rough time, but we're gonna keep it fun because the episode is is awesome. And, and you know, we try and make it as awesome as we can for you guys. You know what else we try and make as awesome as, as we can? The Fantasy Football by Brodo app. We put every single tool you need to be a fantasy football expert in there. It's literally for fantasy experts if they want it. Or fantasy novices, if that's what you fancy yourself as. For me, I think that everyone listens to Broto is a little bit of an expert because when we interact with you guys, it's just the smartest conversation we have. The Twitter conversations and all that don't even compare. And then the patrons, shout out to you guys. The Discord, always popping. Extra episodes, leagues. The leagues are coming up soon. Please get back in here if you want to join a league with us. Uh, we'll be having drafts and all that stuff very, very Soon. Let's get into it. The Carolina Panthers. Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Hot So hot So hot Oh. Man, I don't even know what to say. Like, I don't want to be a party pooper, but like, is there anything? to like about this team in fantasy. I'll tell you one thing. There's a lot to like about the two guys I'm about to talk to. Uh, the fantasy encyclopedia himself, Mr. Matt Ward, and my brother, the best fantasy analyst there is out here, damn it, Michael Petropoulos. What's up, guys? What's up, dude? What's up, Michael, how are your fantasy baseball teams doing? Just uh, putting that out there. I want that to be public knowledge. Yeah. Killing it. <laughs> my, Killing it. For uh, the under, uh, underdog baseball teams it's the second round first second round of well first round of the playoffs the the regular season just said that and 56 percent of my teams advanced Woo-wee! 56 percent. just so you know the, the average, average is 25 the average, the average is 25 percent. So double that and boom boom so hoping for some good fortune in the playoff rounds i hope so too michael um if you win some money take us out for dinner what do you say um you got it kid yeah, you're not you're not gonna do that. If I win a lot, <laughs> if I win a lot, I could buy you a fucking uh, steak, I'll bro. You you're my rest- brother. Thank you, thank you. But I mean, how much are we talking? Talking, uh, talking some cash? Uh, no, we'll I talk, only, we'll talk I mean, over I, here. Yeah. <laughs> all right, um, let's get to. Hold on, where is these offensive outlook? You make me. All right, um, so obviously, new head coach. Uh, Frank Wright comes in, whole new system, new coach, new quarterback, new offensive coordinator, whole new thing. Um, we could talk a lot about what they did last year. I, I have no interest in what they did last year. Really, let's go into what they did this year. Um, I mean, what they're going to do this year. This is his first year as the Panthers head coach, Frank Reich. Most recently served as the head coach of the Colts, 2018 to 2022. Seemed like he was going to be kind of a long-term solution there, and then t- things went sour very quickly. Um, Reich has more than 30 years of NFL experience as a player coach, including serving as the Panthers' first starting quarterback in franchise history after signing with the team during the inaugural season in 1995. Reich threw the first touchdown pa- pass also in, fr- in Panthers' franchise history, and now he's the you know full circle. It's a circle. Uh, as head coach of the Colts, Reich led the team to the playoffs twice and guided the Colts to 41 wins, including two years with 10 plus wins, 2018 and 2020. The new offensive coordinator is Thomas Brown. It's his first year as the offensive coordinator for the Panthers. Most recently was the assistant head coach slash tight end coach for the Los Angeles Rams. So another branch off the McVay tree. Brown joined the Rams as the running backs coach in 2020, assisting on the staff during the team's Super Bowl winning season. Um, so let's get in, into, la- I mean, let's not even talk about last year. 
They fired Matt Rule. It was a mess. They had a mess of a team. Um, their offensive additions, Miles Sanders at running back, DJ Chark at wide receiver, Adam Thielen at wide receiver, Hayden Hurst at tight end, rookie quarterback Bryce Young, and rookie wide receiver Jonathan Mingo. That is in the, that is literally a, re, a completely rebuilt offense. Um, the offensive subtractions, wide receiver DJ Moore, uh, running back Deonta Foreman, and, of course, running back Christian McCaffrey, who was traded halfway through the season. Matt, super disrespect, just a little bit behind the curtain. Um, Matt puts together the, uh, the <laughs> offensive outlook for most I know what you're say. Of, of these. No Sam Darnold, bro. Yeah. No Sam Darnold and the subtractions. The say. disrespect. The disrespect. Right. Baker Mayfield, too, technically, right? Yeah, like... yeah, we're technically Baker, too. Um, all right, so I'm taking quarterback, and Matt made the comment off the air the other day. I mean, just between episodes that um, – all the episodes that take the longest are the ones where I have the two players. Um, I'm this is not gonna happen. Like for don't draft Bryce Young. Um, unless you're in a dynasty league where he's if you're in a super flex dynasty league, he's the number one pick, right? Uh number two pick after Bajan. Number two, um, yeah. Number two yeah. pick. All right. So don't draft him right now, though, because the Panthers are very, very far away from competing. Um, they don't have good weapons in the outside. Miles Sanders, although he is a talented player, has had trouble staying on the field in the past. Um, not much behind him for security. And, you know, we keep seeing in practice and we saw in their first preseason game against the Jets, although the Jets do have a plus defensive line, their offensive line has been getting completely manhandled, completely mauled. Um, and when you're talking about a rookie quarterback without um, great often offensive weapons, um, without a great offensive line, there's really no reason to roster this guy, you know, and there's really no reason to have any part of him in the lineup at all. So uh, I am definitely telling you, do not draft uh, Bryce Young. Not that I'm out on Bryce Young in particular. Uh, I just don't think that he has a chance to succeed um, in his rookie year with a uh, you know, average offensive line at best. PFF has them as the 16th ranked offensive line uh, coming into the season. That even uh, might be a little generous. Yeah, a super, super low uh, um, offensive weapons on the outside. No thank you uh, for Bryce Young. So I'm moving that on. The question is, can he support the outside weapons? Is this also going to be a quick one? I, I don't see any scenario where I would draft a Panthers wide receiver unless they were completely free in the last round. I mean, yeah, funny. I, oh, I know. I was going to say, I know Mike has wide receivers, but it, Bryce Young is relative success for a rookie like that to his profile, which is incredibly elite, is not useful for your fantasy teams. Right. He can have an amazing season of like 20 touchdowns and 3,500 yards. It's an amazing rookie season. It's not going to do anything for your exactly. fantasy team. Yeah, the ADP for these pass catchers is quite hilarious. On underdog, Jonathan Mingo, wide receiver 67. Adam Thielen, 68. DJ Chark, 69. On FFPC, <laughs> on FFPC, um, Thielen, 62. Chark, 63. Mingo, 64. Do you know what's happening? I promise you it's like, oh, shit, Panthers. And then just yeah, like probably. one guy takes the first guy and they're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, it's I pretty hilarious. Wide receiver one right now. Yeah, so FFPC is uh, excuse me, underdogs a bit 
if you want to take advantage of Panthers wide receivers, underdog is a bit uh more depressed ADPs if you really want to go uh Panther crazy. Firstly, and I mean, I'm just going to say also Terrace Marshall going at the end of drafts. If you want to take a dart throw on him, I've taken a few dart throws on him in the last round of best ball leagues. But that being said, Thielen, Chark, and Mingo are expected to be the top three receivers. Adam Thielen's toast. He's 33 years old. He's coming off of his worst season in the last um, in the last handful of years ever since his ascension as a solid wide receiver in the league from uh, the UDFA that he was. Despite Justin Jefferson requiring a ton of attention and KJ Osborne as the only legitimate other wide receiver, um, Thielen went just 70 and 716 through the air. He did have six TDs. That's where he's always uh, shined catching balls in the red zone, but he was 88th in yards per outrun, 81st in yards per reception, 41st in points per game, despite ending 35th in true target value. And he gets the downgrade now going from Kirk Cousins to Bryce Young. Um, most rookie quarterbacks end up with a true target value on average outside the top 30 quarterbacks, which obviously is not ideal for the pass catchers. DJ Chark, one of the most volatile receivers in the league. You basically just have to hope he catches a long touchdown. He was top five in target distance last season and top 10 in yards per reception, but he's only played 15, to, 15 games over the last two years combined. And he's a complete toss up week to week. Um, like I said, you just have to hope that he catches a long one that week. Otherwise, there's a legitimate chance he could even give you a donut. And then Jonathan Mingo, who is an interesting prospect. The analytics folks and the the uh, the people who look at the stat sheets are not you know completely sold on him because, frankly, his production was fairly mediocre. Um, he was injured often. He never played in more than eight games until senior season, and then his senior season was the only time he surpassed 400 receiving yards. Even then, <clears throat> as a senior, he totaled 861, rece- 861 receiving yards, which wasn't even first on Ole Miss. It was second to Malik Heath, who I figured out was a human like eight hours ago. <laughs> so clearly that's just not good. And on the other hand, the, the Panthers, you know, took him higher than people expected early in the second round, turned in a super athletic combine performance, good size, 6'1", 225, Obviously not the toughest competition for targets in the Panthers wide receiver room. Um, so if you want to take a shot on him at wide receiver, 67, 68, 69, whatever. Sure. Um, that's about it. Like, I don't expect any of these guys to be consistent redraft. Bro. All right. We get it. Redraft pieces. All right. All right. I'm cutting you off. <laughs> You've talked about wide receiver 67, 68, 69 enough. <laughs> Let's talk about the only Hey, 62, 63, 64 <laughs> talk about FFPC, right? <laughs> the only fancy relevant player on the team is Miles Sanders. So tell us all about him, Matt. Yeah, I think I would agree that that the only guy you're looking at in redraft leagues is Miles Sanders. And I definitely am looking at Miles Sanders for the first time in his career. Miles Sanders is staring down the pipeline of a monumental opportunity share in a Frank Reich offense as a starting running back in Carolina. And who else is there? Like a wildly unproductive career backup in Chuba Hubbard, the only person on the depth chart that poses any semblance of threat to Sanders' volume. And Hubbard couldn't even usurp the shell of Deontay Foreman last season. Sanders has long been one of the most efficient running backs in the NFL on a per-touch basis and has not progressed as linearly as we expected, obviously, since his rookie season. Last season, he rushed for 1,269 yards. That was fifth overall, despite a snap share ranked 20th at 57.9%, with a route participation of 40.3% ranked 29th, and a total opportunity share of 66.4%. So, like, really low opportunity shares for even a starting running back based on league averages. 
numbers that are sure to go up in 2023 as the Panthers lean heavily on who they made their highest paid free agent. And his main lack of opportunity and like that linear regret or uh, progression that I was speaking of has obviously been in the receiving department, an area that greatly regressed in total volume after Jalen Hurts was named the starter, which was a Obviously, a fairly disappointing factor after Miles Sanders put up a promising 63 targets, 50 reception, 400 and some odd receiving yards as a rookie. And as we mentioned several times, like running back targets are a product of coach, quarterback and player, you know, as Casanova brings up in his how targets are earned article cheap plug, whereas wide receiver targets correlate much stronger to the player alone, i.e. a wide receiver is going to earn targets and will maintain a similar percentage to their career average, regardless of coaching scheme or who their quarterback is. Running backs, on the other hand, are much more reliant on quarterbacks and design schemes when it comes to earning targets. And now Sanders is alone in the backfield with a coach that loves to utilize workhorse roles and an undersized rookie quarterback that just helped produce the greatest receiving profile of any running back in NCAA history in Jameer Gibbs, a.k.a. Bryce Young loves to target running backs. And for those that want to argue about Miles Sanders' upside, he's never put up an RB1 season in his career. Like, I, I understand the negatives. Trust me, I've done the research. It's his fifth season. He's in a bad offense. But you don't need him to. His ADP doesn't need you to either. He's going as the RB21, the 53rd player overall. And I'll happily lock in Miles Sanders as my RB2 because he's always been a serviceable RB2 and is now in his best opportunity share of his career. I keep finding myself when I'm mocking, like when I'm staring down the barrel of Miles Sanders or, you know, Justin Herbert or Miles Sanders or Kyle Pitts, like, like an RB2 of his caliber or you know grab a guy i could think is a difference maker at a onesie position i end yeah. up going with the onesie like i i, yeah, no, I, I, I end up I going the other way yeah i tend to target sanders when i go like a zero rb type exactly he's more of a hero running back play that's kind of what i was just about to say with mike too yeah uh, yeah he's not it's not bad if you go in with him to the into the season with him as like your rb3 either so if you're going super rb heavy and you like started with, you know, Tony Pollard and, you know, Najee B. John Robinson or something like that, like some some sort of like super heavy running back build at the end of the first round. Um, you could do that with pick 10 for sure. Yeah, for sure. That's Matt. Matt mentioned that, that we mentioned last time that I just got picked 10. So I'm in, so I think Matt knows. I, I might like, have I'm had just, some insider information of why my, I dropped that. My mind is just in pick 10 mode. At the moment, because I just found out today and I did like already like seven or eight mock drafts uh, out of the 10 spot. Uh, but with that being said, um, let's move into the tight end. That's me. Hunter Hurst. No, you know, Hayden Hayden Hurst. Hurst. excuse me, excuse me. I think no. Hayden Hurst has some, uh, some appeal, to be honest. I don't. If you like Juwan, guys like Jawan Johnson, Hayden Hurst could legitimately lead the team in targets. So I'll say that. Hey. OK, fine. And he, he is has a rookie quarterback. But I will say this. He had 68 targets last year, and that was 15th in the entire NFL. Yeah. Do you think, like, do you think that he's going to outpace that? No, well, I mean, eh. you know, 18th in points per game on those targets. Yeah. Very in average. One, it's not going to be a better situation league. than playing with Joe Burrow. In one tight end leagues, Hayden Hurst is not a person that you should roster, but no. I, I do think no, he has not. some upside in, in, in two two tight end leagues. Are do two to tie? Are that is that a thing? A two tight end league. Yeah. If you're They're playing a two tight end league, get help. Hey man, no league shaming. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I might have to league shame you. Like, I think you got an addiction, man. Two <laughs> tight end league. What? 
No, you need them. Two tight end leagues with two point PPR premiums to tight ends. Oh, that's how it's played, bud. I mean, if you do it that way, I guess that's a little bit. That's, that's like, a big time premium. That's like yeah. being. Oh, addi- yeah. That's like being addicted, but like not. You know, just uh, it's a healthy addiction. Like you're a functioning fantasy football. <laughs> all right, uh, let's get into the dynasty stash. If you're not functioning at all, that you need a dynasty stash. Like I need a dynasty stash right now. Mike, right, Matt, give it to me. Mike set me up perfectly, and and this is definitely going to be our shortest episode because he nailed everything positive about Jonathan Mingo already. Six foot one, two twenty five. He's only twenty two years old entering the draft. Four seasons is it Ole Miss? You never ever regardless of production even chris olave was downgraded as an nfl prospect regardless of getting top 15 draft capital because he spent four years at ohio state and was incredibly productive so 861 receiving errors was his highest 51 receptions 92 um, targets he did lead the team in targets and not even in receiving production 23.8 percent he's a development project the Panthers are absolutely in love with this kid. That's another positive that was kind of missed out on. Obviously drafted very high. They're in desperate need of wideout help during the Bryce Young era after trading away a future first round pick to the Bears and signing bridge stop gap veterans like DJ Chark, Adam Thielen. Terrace Marshall is the only other name to overcome. He's proven to be a pretty irrelevant asset. And conversely, Mingo brings intangibles and draft capital higher than Terrace Marshall as the first wideout selected in the Frank Reich regime. So... You're looking at a guy that posted a 446 40-yard dash, height and weight adjusted speed score of 114.2. That's 96th percentile of all wideouts tested in the NFL history. He also posted a 1.54 second 10-yard split, a 40-inch vertical leap, 10-foot, 9-inch broad jump, uh, giving him speed or burst scores rather of 131.7. That's 91st percentile of wideouts in NFL history. So the guy's got great relative athleticism but it's going to take time. Like you're not going to see him have a great rookie season. And then that's going to put him in an even lower bucket of a range of outcomes. So if you're looking to stash any of these Panthers wideouts, he's the name to stash, but you're not expecting much. And the cost is getting to a point as he's going as the wide receiver 44 in dynasty that people are high on him, like higher than consensus should be. Um, so you're not looking to pay up for this kid, but if you have him on rosters, it might be even be an early time to pivot sell. But it's also like if you liked him leading up to the process, it's not going to happen right away. So you got to stash and hold. He's a taxi squad guy. John Domingo, great. Name. He sounds like a beast. Maybe the Mingo HO, baby. He sounds like a beast. Uh, with that being said, <laughs> like this team, oh man, like enjoy a having it. Happy, but it's, it's, uh, one of the worst teams in the NFL in the worst division in the league. Yeah, Tim tried as hard as he could to make this the shortest episode. He was like, I'm, I didn't really I'm... try that hard. It's just like, it's not, what am I going to say about Hayden Hurst? Like, I mean, I would have said a lot of positive things about Bryce Young's prospect profile, but again, it, it's the, the positive range of outcomes for him as a rookie to solidify what you're investing in right. as far as NFL and dynasty draft capital is not relative to fantasy success. Right. I think that you, the reason why you're thinking that way is because you're a dynasty guy and he yeah, has great potential in the future uh. for sure. And maybe <laughs> next year we're talking about an up and coming Bryce Young slanging that thing to Marvin Harrison Jr. Possibly. Like that's something that could possibly. Uh, they don't have that draft capital anymore. Marvin Harrison might legitimately go first overall because <laughs> the Cardinals don't need yeah. a quarterback. That's true. That's true. All right. Um, yeah, the Cardinals might need a quarterback. Yeah, shut up, Mike. I hate you. <laughs> at FF by Brodo at FF uh, at Brodo for Mike at Brodo for Tim at uh, Psychword FF at Brodo Fantasy YouTube.com slash Brodo Fantasy Brodo Fantasy.com for everything Brodo. We are going to finish off the uh, NFC North. With the south. Buccaneers, South, yeah, you know, North, South, East, West, East, West, never eat 
soggy waffles. All right, never. Although if they're soggy in in maple syrup, like that true good Canadian maple syrup, Matt, you know what I'm talking about. I did never eat soggy, soggy waffles. All day. I'm ending this at 20 minutes.